Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, elder candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Feels good, doesn't it? Yep, we can finally smoke. Yeah. Finally. Where are we? Uh, your back porch. That's right. We're chilling on the back porch. It's a... Uh, I like I like the back porch because we're surrounded by trees mm-hmm. and uh, it's pretty out and it's nice out. But my favorite thing is that after like two o'clock, the sun is behind the house, so I don't get cooked. Yep. Yeah. Otherwise, because I'd burn like a vampire. Yeah, gotta, you do. I gotta have it shaved. I'm actually surprised you're outside. You hate being outside in the sun. I don't mind being outside. I don't like being in the sun. No, even when we've done it like no. at Levita and stuff, we're like, all right, man, let's sit outside. You're like, no, no, not no, because nah, it's sunny out. I don't out. want that because it's because of the heat. Yeah, but they have. It doesn't matter. They got that, that not shade, always. That umbrella. Not always. Even when they have the shade umbrella, you don't want to go. Well, first of all, it's a it's a hard stone bench. It's feels not, good. No, no, it doesn't. It'll give you piles or something. It's not no, a good thing. No, no, it feels great. No, it's, it's nice no, and cold, so you're even cooler. No, I don't like it. And it's a hard stone table. You can't kick back. There's no backrest. There's no backrest. Yeah, that ain't cool. I'll give you that. All right. So yeah, you know, what else does it have? It doesn't have a screen door that's just sitting on the side and not put away. That's why weird. Why don't you put it up? Uh, because it's broken, I gotta throw it away. So we're in my back porch, and the, and the kids know to stay off the back porch. But right now, I Bonger. think <laughs> Killian is is peeking out his Come window. Come on, man! <laughs> punch you in the face. Oh, but he'll come up there and punch you in the face. You I heard him. Get you. Hey, 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 Killian! Now go through the door, up the stairs. Hey, Killian! Say it real loud. What's this guy's name over here? <laughs> Fofo. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, now be quiet. Go away. Um, he goes okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good kid. He fell hard outside of church today. Did he? Oh yeah, I was running. Jen's like, okay, you can have the rest of my Coke from McDonald's. So he's got this large Coke. He's half full, and he's running with it to the car. Trips and falls, skins up his knee and his arms, and, and loses the, all the Coke. Oh. <laughs> it was I awesome. feel bad for him about the Coke. It was funny. so no Coke. Uh, no, he, he, Did I, you get I, another t- one? I took care of him. Yeah, I know it's right, good. Come on, man. And then I took Catherine driving today. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. The girl over driving. Now it's legal to do that because she has her now permit. Now it's legal to do that for girls to go driving? No, for me to take her out driving, it's now legal for me to do so. Oh, I thought you were trying to make a joke like, oh, no. it's now legal for women to No, I used to, drive. to take her out when she didn't have her permit and let her drive. So, What are we talking about today, Joe? Hey, we're talking about, wait, she's got to learn. I was driving when I was 14. Yeah, different time, <laughs> different era, and uh, yeah, no wonder you are the way you are. Yeah, I didn't have permission to take those cars out. Um <laughs> So, yeah, we are going to be talking about something near and dear to the Baptist heart. All you Baptists are going to be like, oh, yeah, we're talking about cooperation. Cooperation, cooperation man. Like it's, uh, it's an important thing. It's a Baptist principle. Even though every Baptist church is autonomous, mm. uh, it governs itself under the authority of Scripture and the Lordship of Christ. And with we're, its own elders. we're known to, you know, splinter and... Oh yeah, we'll we'll split it up. We'll split it we'll up. We'll do no our own what. thing. So well, we we love and value cooperation, though. We 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 we, we love and value. We love together. we love cooperation so much. When you won't let us cooperate with you, we'll just cooperate with ourselves and start our own thing. <laughs> Remember that time when uh, when they wouldn't let us slave hold slave holding people uh, plant plant churches? Remember that? And we were like, okay, fine, we'll just get all the slave holding Baptists together and we'll start our own association. Oh, what was that association called again? I don't Joe? remember. Uh, was it a Slavery Baptist Convention? Oh, I don't know. No, no, SBC. I don't know. SBC something. So, um, yeah, we do believe in cooperation mm. because we do believe it's just it's easier to uh, to accomplish more good for the kingdom yeah. as churches work together. And uh, we see this principle in Scripture. 
you know, uh, Paul was constantly interacting with a number of churches that would work together for uh, the cause of the gospel, for planting churches, and uh, for supporting missionaries. So we want to do that, but the way Baptists uh, envision it is a little bit different than the way other uh, groups would envision it, because we really don't like the idea of a hierarchy of authority, so that there are, you know, synods that we have to answer yeah, to. Yeah. Uh, we don't believe a denomination has authority over a church and can install its pastors or... Um, or remove pastors right. or, yeah. So the level at which we cooperate is essentially uh, we agree on certain convictional theological issues, and that's the, the basis around which we, um, we partner and find unity, and we pool our resources, and we move on from there. Okay. So this is why a lot of Baptists will say, well, the Southern Baptist Convention is not a denomination because it doesn't have this hierarchical, uh, hierarchical authority yeah, yeah. structure built into it. Um, but they can't, while they can remove a church, they can't dictate what a church is or isn't going to do. Okay. What a church can and cannot preach. But if you transgress the, the theological boundaries as spelled out in the confession, mm-hmm. then you can be removed. Um, so they might just say, well, it's, that's why it's called a convention and not a denomination. Casually, most SBCers refer to it as a denomination. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's, that's different than other denominations and, and groups where there is that authority structure. Uh, PC, uh, USA, PCA, for example, um, OPC, there is a, yeah, you know me. A, a structure of authority there. Um, but even though we have disagreements about whether where the authority should be invested and all of that, what we all agree on is cooperation and working together for the cause of Christ, right? Absolutely. That there's, uh, I mean, I don't want to say like strength in numbers, but when you pool those resources together, it's not just a financial resource, uh, but you, you're drawing from this community of believers to uh, accomplish this goal of proclaiming the gospel of Christ. Uh, to the glory of God. And ideally, right, one of the things that comes out of this is, like you said, it's not just financial. That might be a part of it. Um, but one of the things that should come out of this is a a kinship and a brotherhood around shared convictions and theology and ideology. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, you know, among the Southern Baptist Convention, which is a pretty broad tent of Baptists, so it's not broad enough to include non-Baptists, but it is it is a big tent. So you have... The traditionalists, right? And so, uh, and you have Calvinists, and then you have uh, other variations of Baptists in there. And uh, we can, in theory, we're supposed to be able to get along and get things done. The narrower the parameters of your cooperation theologically, uh, then the more commonality you have with Mm -hmm. each other. And I, I, my experience has been the more, the the easier it is uh, for us to have the kind of coaching and accountability that we really need when there's more a more close-knit theological consensus if that makes sense no it makes sense but so you said you know we've got this kind of broad tent so then are you saying then that's not the a good model I think no, I think it wanted, is you want it to be more narrower is that I like I like that we're a part of a convention that is broad because I'm down to cooperate and learn from all kinds and yeah um, you know we joined the SBC not to get anything out of it but to give mm-hmm. we love their um, international missions, uh, their church planting North American mission board is, is really turned a corner and is doing a lot of great stuff. The disaster relief is amazing. We've got some great seminaries, Southern uh, and uh, Midwestern in particular, Southeastern. Um, and we have uh, we have some really great leaders and scholars. So we're, we love that. And now as a church that has grown and has been planting churches, now we're getting support for a lot of our church planters, yeah, interns, absolutely. and residents. So, you know, we, we like the, the broad tent. We do think that's cool. But what I've found is that what I get out of the convention 
is one thing, but what I get out of the network that we're a part of, which is more narrowly defined theologically, mm-hmm. I get something different. No, you t- you're talking about eight two nine. Like right. you're talking about the X twenty nine network. X twenty nine is the other group or tribe association. That, yeah, that we are a part of. Yeah, and like the SBC, there's no. Uh, authority structure above us that can tell us what to do in our churches, except for Chandler. Chandler can come in and kick the door down and say, "Well, yeah, you got to do this." No, he's he's the Pope. He's he's the eight two nine Pope. So that's different. That's I mean, different. Nobody else. Nobody else. No, no, Noel no. can't it's, come it's in. A, it's a Sue Brewer can't come say oh, anything. Oh no, no. But I, only no. only Chandler. Chandler. Uh, okay. But that's but obviously obviously. I mean, I thought yeah. everybody Archbishop. knew that. Yes, I understand. Yeah, I no, understand. the right Reverend, the Most Holy, mm. uh, Maddie Chan. Maddie Chan. Yeah. Yep. Um, so no, not not even Maddie Chan can uh, can come in and, and tell us what to do. Uh, we all learn from each other. It's great, but the, the truth is, is that because we all share a Calvinistic soteriology, yeah. because we all have the same basic philosophy of mission, missional, um, because we believe in the plurality of elders um, and a robust uh, understanding of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. That uh, while the commonality there, when I am looking for insight, is a little easier to find. Yeah, yeah. because when I'm looking at the big tent, it's uh, it, it, like let me put it this way: uh, you're a young church planter or a pastor, young pastor. You're looking for some wisdom, and you say, "Okay, I've got a problem. I've got I've got three elders. One of them is moving, and the other one is thinking about stepping down because he's having personal issues. That means it's going to be me and another guy, and I don't have anybody else in the church that is qualified right now to serve as an elder. What do I do?" Yeah. Now, if you're in the Southern Baptist Convention, the majority of Southern Baptist pastors can't help you because the majority of Southern Baptist churches do not have a plurality of elders. And so you you couldn't just easily go to them, but you could hit up any 829 church and get wisdom from those that have at least been doing this a little bit longer than you. Um, So that's where I get, you know, for us, we've gotten better coaching uh, in ministry from Acts 29 in a lot of ways. I think part of that... not only just the plurality of elders, right? Right. But also just that uh, the majority of 829 churches have been church plants themselves. Yeah, so they've been and there. And so they've been there. They've gone through this struggle of, of uh, as you're starting up and as you're getting out there, how do you uh, how do you handle these common issues that, that plague right. church plants? You know, and it's, and it's like anything when you're, you know, you have questions in ministry, like, how should I approach this book? Uh, what do, how do, what's the best way to make disciples in my church? Should I go with small groups? Should I go with Sunday school? Um, and it's not that there's one way that's better than another, but when you have a shared missiology and a shared understanding of, of how to engage the culture, it's a little bit easier to answer some of those questions yeah, than it is in a broad tent where a lot of different perspectives are merging. So what we get out of the SBC is the joy of cooperating with many kinds of people that are reaching different groups, and uh, we get to accomplish a lot on a broad scale, on a large scale, in the network, smaller scale, more yeah. focused, more yeah. focused on church planting and coaching and things like that. But, you know, cooperation, you know, we can talk about how awesome cooperation is. Mm-hmm. It's not always easy. No, it's not easy, and it's, it's, uh, it's not always hunky-dory, and I think there's a couple reasons for that. You know, one is uh, because we are autonomous. You know, we don't, like, we don't really like people telling us what to do. We don't want other people to come in here and step in and say, hey, you know, so we have this kind of defensiveness or this maybe a pride. Can be, at yeah. At times, yeah, of, of not wanting to uh, kind of listen to the common wisdom that's that's out there or the collective wisdom. Uh, and I think the other part of it is when the association or cooperation is not doing what it was meant to do, then there's really no point. Right, right. I think there's... 
I think the, that last piece hits on something that I think is common for all denominations, tribes, associations, and networks, which is every one of those things is imperfect. Yep. It's run by sinful people. Absolutely. And so they're going to screw up. Yep. If you were in charge, it would probably be screwed up even more. Absolutely. Uh, I don't mean you. I mean I know, any I person listening. listening. Yeah. Right. So and if it was me. And and if it was me, even even worse. That's oh, why I'm not in charge you, of anything. It would burn. It no. would burn to oh, the ground. It wouldn't even. It, you know, it wouldn't even catch fire. It would just fall over, and people would ignore it. That's how. That's what happens when it falls down. When it falls down. Ka-da! It sounds like uh, that cartoon guy that drives the car, like a race car cartoon. The kids like. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's like that thing. I don't even know. It's like a red car, and he races, and he goes, Speed racer? No, that was back when we were kids. Well, then I don't know who a red car that's racing. It's a famous red car. All the kids like it. It's a movie. Wait a second. Shh. I know it. I can see Lightning McQueen. He goes, goes, Lightning McQueen. That's the name of it? Well, that's the name of the car. What's the movie? I don't know. Oh, anyway. Uh, You got younger kids. It was called Cars. No. The movie was Cars. No, it wasn't. Google it. I'm not Googling it. What was I talking about? You were talking about Lightning McQueen. Ka-da! No, it would fall over. Yeah, it would fall over. So what happens is, is these organizations, um, they struggle, and they will misstep, and sometimes they'll do the wrong thing, and that can be frustrating because you've got a group of people that are all trying to, to accomplish the same goal, but there's even in a tight network of people that share a common philosophy, there's still going to be differences of opinion yeah. and disagreements. And it can be frustrating, frustrating when people are misstepping or making mistakes or when they just flat out blow it and sin and hurt your reputation or the reputation of the organization and and but here's here's something that's common and, and I'll just speak about um, well we can speak about about both of our art groups but in Acts 29 the most common complaint that I've heard over the past nine years of being in Acts 29 has been what the heck is going on yeah what the heck is going on and and the problem has been that Acts 29 is a young and quickly growing network so it's always changing. And that's just that comes with the territory. Yeah. We can complain about it all what we want, but what do you what do you expect? You know, you, you start with you know ten churches, and you get fifty churches, and you get a hundred churches. I think I came in when there was two hundred churches, and now there's eight hundred or six hundred, seven hundred churches. I have no idea. So, it, it, and as it develops, it gets more complex. You got to do things differently, and we're learning and maturing at the same time. So things like listen, when I signed up, it was a certain way. Now it is not that way, and I miss the old way. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's because you miss Mark Driscoll. You wanted that. No, that you was wanted not, that no. format. No, but once that changed. No. You were like, hey, come oh, why on do you now, do that? Guys. Why do you do that? No, but that's not. Come on, man. <laughs> so there are um, oh, you're just you're so happy with yourself right now. I am now. so happy right now. That's for the that's for the sermon this morning. What? That's oh. for the sermon this morning. Yeah, I did I did talk about it in the sermon today, and I didn't plan for it. It just popped into my head. Um at least in the first service. Second service, I went ahead and said it again. But um I talked about how I like to hide in the church when it's and I turn off all the lights and I scare Jimmy. It's awesome. Everybody, they like that. They yeah, like I that had story. two people after the service trying to scare me, <laughs> like pop out out of nowhere, <laughs> like older. Oh yeah, like the, well, the elderly ones, like elderly ladies. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. And Jimmy goes, Chica. I was like, Chica. <laughs> so, da, not a so yeah, there, I mean, there's there, there's always going to be those kinds of frustrations yeah. as as well as the other things that you mentioned. It, it can be hard, but what is like. Okay, so on a practical level, what are some ways in which cooperation has benefited our local church? And I, I want us to talk about that because yeah. there are a lot of churches out there that don't really cooperate, and they're looking for places to plug in. Yeah, Even yeah. I've had a number of Acts 29 churches, so they're already cooperating right, with the Acts 29 network, but they sense like, man, we're, we could be doing more. We want to cooperate more. And so they come to me and they ask, what should we do? And what they always want to know is, what do I get out of it? Yeah. What, what's in it for me? And I think that's the wrong question to be asking. Right. You know, I think if that's what you're what you're asking, then all you're looking for is uh, money. In my head, 
when I hear someone saying, what do I get out of this, especially as a church plant or as a, you know, I'm hearing, man, what, what can I get financially out of this? Or, okay, let's give you the benefit of the doubt. Let's give you the benefit of the doubt that it's not about money. Well, there's a, there's a good way to ask. And basically, what is the, what is the benefit? What is, what is right, the value? The what is okay. the value? Is it, is it worth it? Is it worth it? And so, yes, it's either comes That's down that. to financially or it comes down to some other kind of resource, some kind of other, uh, maybe not teaching, but you know, like there's, there's, uh, there are resources out there that-, that well, We've only got yeah. so much time. We've only got, we've only so, got so much, time. much So it's, it's fair to ask, is this worth- our time as a church. But I think the question should it shouldn't be, you know, uh, what do we get out of it or what's the value to us? I think the real question is what value can we bring to the association itself? Yeah, well, that's there's, there's I guess there's two ways I think about that, though, because in some uh, in some networks, the churches exist for the association, whereas historically Baptist associations have existed for the local churches. OK. And so. So yes, we want like what can I bring to the association? What can if, I bring if, to the table here to help them to help fulfill. other churches? Yeah. yeah. So what can I do? But I don't think it's wrong to say like okay. So nevertheless, you know, like uh, I guess I guess in answering that question, you can clarify. Well, you know what? Um, I can't do much because they don't see things the way that we see them. And uh, you know, we would we would we would offer coaching or resources from our church, and they wouldn't take that. All they would take is the money. So it can go both ways, right? It can go both ways. People but, can be like greedy said, for like, money as churches that? or associations. Yeah. So, but then how about this? Okay, if you're saying, and I agree with you, I didn't think about it in that end, uh, about let's just give the person the benefit of the doubt. It's about how do I, you know, what's the value of it that's going to help us because time is limited for us. I think one is there is a sense of accountability if you're open and honest with each other, right? Uh, it is a place that I know that, uh, like, I haven't seen it just because I'm not I'm not necessarily part of those meetings, but I know that there are meetings where these pastors are able to go and kind of share and talk about what's going on in their local church. Right. And right. be able to ask for advice that you were talking about before. And there's accountability there. There's other brothers that are able to say, hey, you know, how you handled this uh, could have been handled maybe a little bit better. Uh, you know, watch yourself on this. Or mm. here's, here's some things that I've struggled with uh, when I've gone down that path. And here's some of the things I've learned, some some lessons. And so try to go about it in this way. So I do think there is value because there's accountability. You're not isolated yourself, but I also think your church is not isolated in of itself. Right. Right. Then we start to, we start to teach our people uh, that we're just meant to be independent instead of cooperating with other brothers and sisters uh, for the broader mission of proclaiming the gospel worldwide. Yeah. That's one of the things that I think, one of the benefits is it's a tangible way of showing how you are a part of the church universal. Yeah. Right? So, like, we can all agree, oh, well, we're all one church, and we should all be getting along, but why do we have these denominations, and it's all about splintering and fracturing, and we're all separate. But in reality, I think what those denominations and networks and conventions do is it allows us to have— a connection to the broader body of Christ in such a way that allows us to see and to feel, to to not just recognize, but to actually experience, wow, we're actually connected. We're actually yeah. working towards something together with other churches. Those are my, now we, yeah, we know, I know that the, the those PCA guys down the church and the OPC guys down the road, uh, you know, those are my brothers and sisters. But when you're a part of a network, you know, it's it's even more so because you should be having more interaction with them, or at the very least, you know, that you have great commonality with them doctrinally. So I, I, I like the idea that it gives us um, a way to see how we are connected to other churches and we're not just on our own. I think that, that cooperation, though, 
you know, we, we can we can talk about how it's difficult at yeah, times. Yeah. We can talk about the upside. Um, but what because yeah, you were saying, what can we bring to the table? Right. So we talked mm-hmm. about some of the things you get out of it. You can. And let's, let me just wrap that up by saying this. Um, what do we get out of it? Like I said, when we started Acts 29. I'm sorry, when we start, we didn't start Acts 29. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, when we started, stop it. There's when we, Joe. Uh-huh. Mm. When, when, back when I started Acts 29. Mm. Um, so when we started Redeemer Fellowship, we launched as a Southern Baptist church, and then we joined Acts 29 about, a, yeah. about I don't know, a month later, or a couple months later, I forget. And um, so immediately, we weren't getting anything out of the Southern Baptist Convention, unless, of course, you, you look at my seminary background. Yep. I went to Southern Seminary. I'm sorry, I went to the Southern Baptist yeah, Theological yeah, yeah. Seminary. And um, and so like my tuition was cut dramatically because I was a Southern Baptist. So that benefited the local church that we planted as well as it benefited me. Um, at, but outside of that, we were just giving. We just wanted to participate. Yeah. Then we joined Acts 29 and we got coaching yep. from that. And uh, and I got a lot of close brothers that mm-hmm. I was able to talk to regularly. Um, over time, as our church began to plant churches and do more, the SBC said, hey, we see what you're doing. We want to help you. How can we help you? Yeah. And um, and I, the first thing I said was, give us money. Because if you want to help, like that's something that we need. And they said, okay, we can do that. How else can we help? And I said, well, some uh, some partnerships with our church plants, you know, some coaching opportunities, if you guys can do that. And, and so we have this great relationship now mm-hmm. with the SBC. Um, so you get a lot— More so than 829 at this point. At this point, yeah. Actually, if we're just being honest, yeah. it, now those roles have kind of reversed. Now, you know, we're in 829. We love 829. But I get—I don't get a whole lot out of it on a personal level or a church. Uh, it's sort of like, well, we're in 829 for what we can contribute. Yeah, All of yeah. our churches that have planted are Acts 29 and SBC. And um, but the SBC has really upped its game in a lot of ways over these past you know ten years or so, and um, they've been you know really uh, supportive of us and, and of what we're doing. So there's a lot that we get out of it. You know we have our seminaries, we yeah. have um, retreat centers. There's all kinds of stuff. But what should churches be looking to give of themselves when it comes to partnering with a, with a network association or denomination? Obviously, there's the financial part, the financial part. But and what else? Uh, I think one is. Uh, prayer, just prayerfully Sincerely. getting involved. Sincerely we, and we praying. can do better. That we can do a lot better there. Oh yeah, I absolutely. feel like as Redeemer, yeah, we could be praying more for our our two networks, uh, convention and network, yeah. and for those churches on a regular basis, even in corporate worship. I think we we should be doing better there. So yeah, I think trying to figure out a a intentional way of, uh, uh, I guess encouraging the body to be praying for church plants. For the planters, uh, you know, getting kind of some updates and, and letting people know what's going on in the life of uh, of these individuals, as well as in the life of the convention and in the life of, uh, I guess, the association with with Acts Twenty Nine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think another way is actually getting involved, right? Like, don't just be on the sidelines. And I think that means uh, getting to the meetings, right? I think actually being a part of you know, if you're if we're frustrated with what's going on, whether it's the SBC or eight two nine or whatever, whatever association or cooperation that you're a part of, sitting on the sidelines doesn't really do anything. Uh, but getting involved, you know, humbly and respectfully, you know, uh, lending your voice, I think, can do something because you might not be the only one. Maybe there's other people that as are, you know are, are also frustrated or. And maybe there could be some positive things that can change. They need to hear 
from the ground level what's going on in, in your local church and in your area and it could it could have big impact all around right so you know we can give financially but what you're saying is is we give of our time yeah give our we, time we give, give of ourselves. ourselves so we i think the idea of going to the annual or national meetings or the global summits or even the regional meetings how, how are you going to get to know people around exactly you? right you know if you're not involved in in what's going on there so there are different different avenues and yep. levels at which you should be participating in these local networks and um beyond that you know you have your you have your time you have your treasures and then what, what baptists like to say you have your talents your gifts and you can be investing there. Now, that would boil down more to serving. If there is an opportunity for you to serve, yeah. if there is a, a, an opportunity for you to help other churches in your network by serving on a committee or something like that. I was the vice moderator of the local association of Southern Baptists here in the Fox Valley for a couple of years. That means I had to moderate meetings and I'd wear a sport coat and the whole thing. Wait, you wore a sport coat? Oh, we've gone over this before. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, and I, I, you know, like you, you, you have to be willing to give of yourself. If... If it's supposed to matter, then we should be involved. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't seasons at which you are less involved. Yeah. Um, but in general, we think it is important. If it's worth it, then you know we should we should be there. Um, so I definitely think that's that's a good thing. Now, if we're if we're encouraging people to cooperate, um, I would say if, if you're if you're looking for that opportunity, number one, figure out who you are and where you are. Do you have yeah. a confessional identity? That'll narrow it down. If you don't. You need to figure that out. Um, this will help you figure out, oh, we're going to plug into the evangelical free people, or we're yeah. going to plug into, you know, we're going to apply for membership as a, as a Presbyterian church. I have or no idea. Or ARBCA, right? The Association of Reformed Baptist Churches in America. Great guys there. We love mm-hmm. them. They're starting that seminary. It's yep. happening. Super cool. Um, I think they want us. Oh, they don't want us. In the denomination? No way. No, we're too. No way. You don't I think mean, so? No. You think we're oh, too liberal? We're not liberal. What, what, what? No, we're not liberal. Know. Are they too conservative? No, us? it's not. that's not the issue. We're weird. How are we weird? Oh, really? I think, I think, all right, let's, all let's right, have we a poll out there. We are weird compared. Let's have a poll out there. You're telling me what denomination wouldn't want us? Every denomination. No, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Yeah, no, no, no. No, no, no. No. Theological differences aside, let's just say, right? No, I'm, we don't have theological differences with ARBCA. Not them. I'm just talking about, I think I, I think everyone wants I think E-Free would want us. Uh, listen, I'll put think, it this way. I think Presbyterian If you're just looking want at us. the church, yes, they'd want Redeemer. Uh, maybe if they could sideline Jimmy and Joe, th- that might be a little bit of a sweeter deal. You're crazy, man. They ain't want us in there. Oh, we'll find out. Nobody wants us in I, there. I got the text from Jim the Man Renahan. Oh, really? He's all mad at Justin. J-Bond. Why? Because J-Bond talked us out of it, told us we were too... He liberal. did say we were too liberal. He said we're, we're too not. Liberal. That's crazy. I know. We were Thanks, hanging Jim. Yeah. Hey, guess what, guys? Yeah, Arpka. Sorry. Sorry. Blame it on Jaybon. Blame it on Jaybon. We wanted to come to Phoenix and come to that annual meeting to kind of get to know you guys and see what's up, but Jaybon <laughs> ruined it. <laughs> Jaybon ruins everything except mm. our audio. Except our audio. Thanks, Jaybon. Um, so here's the thing: uh, figure out where you're at theologically, and then take a look at the other networks, denominations, associations that you might want to plug into, and begin talking to those people. Yeah. Talk to pastors before you talk to the leadership. Talk to the leadership. Actually, take your time. Involve the leadership of your church and begin to explore that. You should be cooperating with other churches to accomplish great commission duties and responsibilities. So we want to encourage you to do that. Um, and it's been a great help to us. But you know what? It, we've been able to help others. And that's been even, I feel like, more rewarding as we think about it. You know, I'm going to give a shout out. I know uh, 
we don't do these kind of things, but I'm going to do it anyways. Uh, if you are looking to plant a church, and if you're looking to plant a church in the Chicagoland area, you need to hit up Chris Wright. Oh, you're going you to need to hit up there. Chris Wright from Send Chicago. Right. Uh, hook him up. Or what's what's their what's the URL? And is it is it NAM? It's NA. No, no, I don't know what it is. They have a different. They have a different. You know, you're website. doing this without any prep. We I'm sorry because I'm thinking about it right now. Well, yeah, but you should have. You should have looked it up. No, because I, I want to start looking at my. Other but stuff. nobody's going to know how to get a hold of him. Okay, now. but while you look it up, I'm going to say right. you need to hit up Chris Wright. Uh, Chris is uh, the regional guy here. He's the person that can kind of set you up and hook you up and and get you assessed, and he'll at least get you the information to get the ball rolling and to kind of talk this, talk that through. Uh, we definitely need churches here in the Chicagoland area. We need men to come and uh, and to to plant churches to uh, reach their communities uh, to proclaim the gospel here in Chicagoland. And Chris is is passionate. Chris is a uh, is a great man with a lot of wisdom and has a huge heart to see God's glory yeah. uh, here in the Chicagoland area. So please, we love Chris Wright. If, if you're interested. If you're even thinking about it, hit up Chris. What's their... Uh... All right, so here's what you do. Um, first of all, this this is really for people that are Baptist in their theology. Yes. So yeah. if you're not a Baptist, theologically, it uh, doesn't mean you've, you've, you've been a part of the SBC or anything, but if you're theologically Baptist, you want to talk to Chris Wright. First of all, hit him up on Twitter. That is twitter.com slash Chicago Planter. Chicago, that's You can't right. mess that up. Nope. Just start talking to him there. Uh, but what you can do is go to sendchicago.org. Slash contact. You go there, and right there, you get Chris's phone number and you get his email. Mm. So don't uh, spam him. Don't spam him, but hit him up and tell him you're interested in coming to Chicago. Chris is one of those guys. Listen, Chris is a convention man or a denomination man, but he's not a company man. No. You know what I mean? You know what exactly. I'm saying? Oh, I know what you're he, saying. He loves the SBC. He loves Chicago. He loves local churches. He loves the lost. And if you want to plant in Chicagoland, this is the guy to talk to. He will. He is such an advocate for planters and um, for all things gospel-centric and missional. Like, this is the guy. Definitely. A good call, Jimmy. Yeah, call. and we don't get a kickback for this, but tell him Jimmy and Joe sent you. We, that is true. We don't. But, yeah, we would love for you to say that Joe Fo, um directed you. That way, next time I see him, I'll be like, "What's up, Chris? Him and Q. <laughs> what up, Q? I miss Q. I miss Q. Dude, we need to hang out. We're gonna I get know. Q on the podcast. That'd be uh, that'd be radical. That'd be oh yeah, <laughs> that would be radical. All right. Well, uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head on over to our website, DoctrineDevotion.com. You can click on the Contact Us page. You can sign up for our email list or you can hit up the store. There you can grab Joe's three new books, his trilogy on the church or any other T-shirts or hoodies or journals or videos uh, that you can find there. We're going to have some fresh merchandise at some point here in the future. We've got Merch. some things that we are working on working. right now head on over to itunes leave us iTunes. an honest five-star review review fresh pod every monday and thursday blog posts on wednesdays videos on friday soon at some point later